0: The moment you're putting your culture ahead of your faith or ahead of Christ, uh, you're doing it wrong. Christians tend to be so fearful of culture, and yet political identity and the glorification of a candidate, that's culture, people. That's not Christ. That's not that's not faith. You're kind of following in, in the footsteps of, like you said, the Pharisees. And let's go back to the good old days of Christianity. <laughs> I mean, let's go back to when Nero was using Christian's heads as uh, candles to light the way. Like, I mean, come on. Like, there was no good old days of Christianity, was there?
1: <laughs> I mean, there were. But in those good old days, <laughs> I would be hanging from a tree.
0: fact is is that we're creating these enemies that they're not listed in the bible the enemies aren't listed in the bible guess what everybody America's not in the bible either and pretending like america is founded by basically god himself get out of here you were manipulated from day one from day one you were manipulated you know because we have in god we trust on our money on our money of all things like that's pretty damn ironic like let's put in God we trust on our money because that'll show everyone that even though from a money standpoint, we still just, it's God who did all this. Like, come on. It was man who set up this country. Some were Christians. Plenty were not. Trust me. Plenty were not. I know we think everybody who signed the constitution was a devout Christian. It's not true. Not true. Okay. That's, again, that's, revisionist historians (laughs) coming along (laughs) and acting like America is basically synonymous with uh, you know Israel
1: Uh, (laughs) and it is not not, people come on don't even get me started (laughs) on that and that's my whole piece you know it's just ultimately we have we are we are up against a a machine and it's a well-oiled machine
0: I mean, it's been oiled up for 250 years, at least.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, for what it's worth, we keep saying evangelicalism, and and it is a big piece of it. Um, but you know, it's also the the fundamentalist. It's also the the reform. It's sure. also, you know, and I mean, even to the extent of saying that, you know, I'm not saying that the individuals who represent that now are are trying to move needles from the past. Some of them have their own brand new agendas. Really, let's 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 have a conversation, um, but they still are upholding those quote unquote traditional beliefs because they feel like, and we've said this, so it's just, they they feel like they're trying to bring back the good old days. And I'm sorry, but you know <laughs> the thing about the Bible that I noticed for people concerning the good old days is that the only people that were trying to hold on to them were either Pharisees or pagans, right? Um, and and you <laughs> yeah. know, I, I you know I. Understand though, you know, because I mean, if you're looking at that from the quote unquote exegetical standpoint, if you're really dealing with interpretation, it would make sense that the Pharisees would want to hold on to that. And that's why I'm not going to say I pity, but I can quote unquote empathize to a point with 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 people who are trying to hold on to this whole MAGA thing because the Pharisees were trying to, um, they were trying to make sure that they didn't lose their culture. And at that particular point in time, because of Hellenization, because the Greeks were trying to get people to whitewash and rinse themselves of their own culture and adopt their culture. Yeah, of course you would want to do what you can to fight and hold on to that. That makes perfect sense. Right. But it didn't mean that everything that they did was the, was the most profound and necessary thing. Sometimes you got to let certain things go. <laughs> I am a firm believer that when checked properly, certain traditions need to be broken by truth. And that's really the the main part of, of the conversation that I think people need to have right now is because, again, uncertainty causes them to want to hold on to these pieces of cognitive dissonance or whatever you want yeah. to call it so, so hard. They are white knuckle.
0: It causes us to anchor. Yeah. To anchor in tradition and fight for the, for what we already know, what we're already comfortable with, as opposed to getting out of our comfort zone. And the moment you're putting your culture ahead of your faith or ahead of Christ, Uh, you're doing it wrong. Christians tend to be so fearful of culture and yet political identity and the glorification of a candidate, that's culture, people. That's not Christ. That's not not faith. You're kind of following in, in the footsteps of, like you said, the Pharisees. And let's go back to the good old days of Christianity. I mean, let's go back to when Nero was using Christians' heads as uh, candles to light the way. like I mean come on, like there was no good old days of Christianity, was there?
1: I mean there were but in those good old days, I would be hanging from a tree.
0: Yeah, but those aren't good old, but that's what I'm saying. Those are not good old days of Christianity because there were plenty of Christians who weren't being treated properly.
1: No, you know, what? I mean, it, it is the quote unquote good old days of that form of Christianity because they got to define it.
0: But see, that's the good old days of culture then. That's not the good old days of Christianity. Again, that's culture well, being masqueraded around as Christianity. And that's yes. what people have to understand.
1: Yeah, my well, my friend, welcome to another word that we'd like to talk about today. All these C words. Let's talk about <laughs> conflation. Uh, okay. Yeah, conflation. Yeah, that's where culture and Christianity are apparently one of the same. Um, I don't want to park on this too, too long because this, this could be the rant, the rabbit trail that it needs to be, but well, I think we need to couch it. And- we're
0: there. We're there. It needed to be talked about. You know, we're on the other yeah, side yeah. of the election. And the fact is that I've heard plenty of people say, well, now that the election's over. Can we stop talking about COVID and can we stop wearing masks? And it's like, no, because that should have never been a political issue. It's a human issue.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: And the bottom line is Black Lives Matter and equality, those are not. Election issues, those are not political issues. Never have been. Bottom line, those are human issues. And we will not stop talking about them simply because a different candidate got elected. And yes, he, he did get elected. Okay, I know it's hard to count. But he got elected.
1: <laughs> I know people missed the point of Sesame Street when we were coming up, man.
0: The best part about this to me is that we knew what was going to happen six months ago. I had people texting me going, well, what do you think? And I'm like, I think it's going to take about four to five days. I think that most of the people who are going to be Biden supporters are going to vote by mail or vote early. And depending on what state you're in, the rules are different as to when those votes can count. So what's going to happen right. is that Trump is going to take an early lead. I'm concerned that by the end of the night on election day, he's going to basically call it for himself And then try to do all nefarious sorts of things in order to win it through the courts that he, again, projection, he keeps saying that one side's going to stack the courts. He's already stacked them because he had an unprecedented number of people to put on the Supreme Court in a four-year span. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so, once again, he's confusing the things he's doing with the things that other people aren't. And I, I... Called this from day one. I've been telling people, I said, you know, someone told me it's going to take months. I said, no, it's not. This thing's going to be figured out in about three days. And that was on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. And by Saturday, Biden was named uh, the the president-elect even by Fox News. So let's not pretend. And now all of a sudden, Fox News is doing all of these stories about all of these, you know, legal issues. You guys have already declared Biden president too. Like, guys, this is pretty dang obvious. That the only reason they're doing this is to get you to watch so they can sell more my pillows. Okay, that's just the facts. Chill
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the perfect place to shut that down. Probably. Oh my gosh! It's the perfect place to lay it down, right? Right on the
0: my pillow. Literally,
1: right, yeah, lay it down for real. Uh, oh my uh, gosh! Anyway, yeah. Um, so I, it's funny cuz as we were talking I couldn't find the numbers but I really wanted to bring up this whole petty eddy piece. Yeah. And yeah, we're just I don't know. I'm yeah, we're officially uh, like I said I need three new emails cuz I'm pretty sure we're going to get that much on this one from certain individuals, of
0: course. That's fine. They can send the emails. I'm not That's I'm not true. concerned.
1: I mean, I'm good with it too. I mean, I'd rather just have a conversation with these people. Um, because I feel like I've, I've asked some, but I really haven't gotten to this point. Well, no, I mean, you know, because this is this is necessary and, and it is. And so, I mean, I guess let's just go ahead and segue.
0: <laughs> no, I only laugh. Let me clarify my laugh. I laugh okay. because many people that I know, including myself, are more than happy to have the conversation. And the moment a platform is allowed to have the conversation, when people are saying, well, we really should take this offline and talk about it. The moment that invitation's extended, we don't hear anything,
1: it's <laughs> so true. that's it's all. Very, very that's true. why
0: I laugh.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, nah, nah. I mean, I, I, I really, I mean, I have, I've, I've had, I've had some good, honest conversations with people. Who, it's the same thing we would expect, you know. If, if I have a fear or concern, I would voice that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and thankfully, I've had some people who have, you know, been 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 loving enough. To actually pull me aside and say, hey, I'm just really concerned about this. Or, you know, and then of course, it, you yeah. know, some are still asking the questions that really make me scratch and or shake my head, but at least they're asking it to me directly. And we're not having these bombastic lash outs on social media. Oh, for um, sure. And so I can I can appreciate that.
0: And I um, don't mean that to but, say that I haven't had the conversations, because I have. There's been a number of people that are very genuine in their desire to understand different perspectives and to have these conversations. And some of them. Have have gone in a position where, you know, I've I've had people tell me, you know, it kind of feels like the the scales are falling off of my eyes, right? Like the whole mm-hmm. thing that happens in Acts, right?
1: Right. Which right, is right, right, which
0: right. is pretty dang powerful when you use that that metaphor. And others that that's not the case, and maybe it's just not the case yet. But regardless, I have been able to when you commune with people in person. There's and you know it says where two or more are gathered, right? I believe right. that that Christ Himself is involved in those conversations, and even when things can get heated or tense, He's still there, kind of navigating and mediating. That stuff doesn't happen when you're commenting on Facebook. It just simply does not.
1: So no. I mean, it can, but unfortunately now. <laughs>
0: well, I I mean, <laughs> I guess it can, but.
1: Like I said, it just we'll leave it at it can. You know, okay, I, I I can do all things. To <laughs> okay, I can live with that. Gives me, Lord, give me strength.
0: You oh, know what's that, funny to me is I, I was I was reading Philippians, and you know how when you read through stuff and new stuff just kind of hits you, and you're like, huh, I never really like saw it that way. It was crazy because I had read so many of, of the other books leading into it. And they kind of had a, mm-hmm. a really good mix of good and bad, right? Like, Hey, listen, here's all the things you didn't do really good, but here's all the things you did do good. It's kind of like a job review where they say the standard way you go about it. Like the template is to do say all the bad things first and then say all the good things. <laughs> right, that, right, That's right, right. kind of the way Paul went about it. But Philippians like out of the blue, it's really kind of the, the only one where he's like, Hey, by the way, I'm sitting here in prison. Like the other ones, we know he, the context is he's, he's in prison. But Philippians, he's like, listen, I want to tell you, I am in prison. And then it's like four or five chapters of just like this most glowing report. Everything was so positive. And I'm like, dang, here this guy yeah. is in literal prison. And it's like the most positive letter he's ever written. <laughs>
1: One of the most, yeah, and I mean the, that, that's the that's the entire irony of Philippians four thirteen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying I can do all things. With I know, literally on house arrest. Yes, yeah, uh-huh. it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it is. It's it's um, uh, you know Philippians is awesome for that. He's it is. Paul was a G across the board. We already know that. Anyway, again, just to to kind of get to to the petty Eddie. Um, I was trying to find my stats and I could not find them. I, I depend on you to go ahead and, and, and do the search <laughs> as we're talking now. Okay. But yeah, so these countless conversations that I've had and for what it's worth, I have no choice but to respect most, most of the individuals that I've spoken to that were single issue voters. And, you know, that was on both sides. And, you know, we've been talking about this all pretty much all, all day and night. Um, you know, the single issue voters who were, we'll say, anti-abortion because at the end of the day, objectively, by definition, most of them are not speaking pro-life statements. They're really just speaking, I want these babies to be born statements and I can respect that and I can honor that until, and I mean until, I go back and I check to see if most of them are putting their money where their mouth is and they are not. And I mean, in... In, in exponential fashion, they are not. So you know, I, I'm sorry, I got to call shenanigans on. I can't even remember what the percentage was. It was like seven, eighty some, eighty some percent uh, of these people who said that they are really concerned about these unborn babies' lives, and they are attacking Planned Parenthood, which, by the way, they don't just help people commit abortions. I'm park that right there. <laughs> right. Um, a crisis pregnancy center. You know, the organization that really is concerned with making sure that people birth healthy babies. So many of them are in dire restraints, like dire restraints. And I'm really confused because the amount of people who said that they were really concerned about these unborn babies. I figured that the least that you could do is chip in a couple of dollars to make sure that these organizations are able to function and function well. And yeah, I get it. Okay, maybe COVID-19, maybe 2020. Well, no, no, because I think it was like the last, the, I think the the stats that I initially had the chance to look at were like in 2016, 2017 or something like that. And I mean, for what it's worth, Crisis Pregnancy Center has been, been struggling ever since. I'm looking at your face right now. <laughs>
0: Well, it's it's weird because uh, you asked me to look up stats, and and one of the stats I remember because it just kind of jumped out to me because I was so surprised by it was from Holy Post when they were talking because they've talked at length about the abortion issue and True. single voter issues, and it's interesting to me that they had said, and I'm, I was trying to look it up while we were talking, that and I think it was Sky. I think Sky said abortion was like number seven. Or something. Like it was way further down for evangelicals than I would have otherwise thought because we're told this narrative that abortion is this massive deal. And while I think it is, I think it's something that most Christians do consider when they vote. I don't know if it's necessarily the biggest issue. And I think that's sold to us from a political platform because it is, if it's not the biggest issue, it's certainly one of the most polarizing. So again, it's seeking to do that division that they want, right? And he had said, if I remember correctly, and, you know, I'm trying to find it, but basically that things like the economy and jobs and taxes were actually kind of at the top for a lot of conservatives. And then the morals issues kind of fell in line after. Well, those things are not as polarizing. And those things don't really rally a base on Sunday mornings. You know, if you're going to talk about taxes and stuff, which again, <laughs> it's pretty contrary to biblical teaching if you're worried about mm-hmm. the money aspect, but what's not is the abortion thing, which only goes to to further serve that discussion we've talked about with kind of the deceitful nature and the, you know, I, for lack of a better term, I'll say kind of the gullibility of a lot of people of faith to kind of buy into this abortion narrative when in reality that that's not probably what it's about. And listen, we've we've both seen the Holy Post video and we both looked at the stats about, you know, pro-life and pro-choice uh, exhaustively. And the fact is, the president has almost literally zero to do <laughs> with any of that being overturned. Uh, the Supreme sure. Court would have something to do with it. The problem is that the Supreme Court has been a majority conservative court for, what, 40 years? And they still haven't overturned it? And they're just not going to. So it's a political win if you make it this big deal and give people an idea that maybe it can happen. But then at the same time, when you're seeing that it's kind of lower on the list, it almost gives you a little bit of hope. Like, okay, well, maybe people are realizing that what needs to happen and this will fall in line with what you were talking about. What needs to happen is we actually need to put not just our money, but our time where our moral concerns are. Because to me, it's more about time. You can write a check for a lot of different things. The world writes checks for a lot of things. But God's people are never called to write checks. God's people are called to give of their time and give of their efforts and give of their life to these causes. Uh, that's not to say that money won't help. But if all you're doing is writing checks, uh, it's a little disingenuous, right?
1: This episode of Eye to Eye is brought to you by Janique Locks. If you're looking to get started, there's no better place. She specializes in all kinds dreadlocks, micro locks, sister locks, lock extensions, instant locks, interlocking, and more. If you're in the 757, please don't hesitate to contact her. You can find her on Instagram at Janique Locks. That's G E N. I Q U E L O C S Janique Locks. Or you can find her at a website, JaniqueLocks.com. Janique Locks, where locks are envied. All right, let's go ahead and start this podcast, man. It's so funny how, you know, money plays its part. And I think that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to bring this up. Because I know for a lot of them, you know, uh money is is still a major issue, you yeah. know, especially the whole no taxes piece. They really want to hold on to things. And for what it's worth, I work a job now where um, I've seen the exposure of how America's fought to give money to some and withhold money from others. And we we, we, we don't need to revisit that. I, I will gladly give people uh, details and resources uh, in, in another time. But this is something that I've also noticed, though, and let's just let's keep it on the topic of abortion still. And we want to talk about how. well, Number one, even if uh, the Supreme Court decided to overturn Roe v. Wade, uh, they're saying what it affects maybe twelve percent decrease, maybe. In, in abortions in the nation. So yeah. it still doesn't take it down to to zero. Yeah, um, but this is this is this is what I'm saying. Uh, this is what I've I've seen and discovered on the flip. I found some really really uh, heady information. Um, from somebody who did some brilliant research and uh, I think I've got the the statutes maybe we'll we'll post a link or something um, in in the content box on on the podcast. Uh, but they did a study over I don't know how many maybe the past decade or so or something like that um, that addressed the states that have uh, uh, specifically you know uh, made abortion legal yeah than the states that have given, uh, limit limited legal allowance for abortion, and then the states that have made it illegal and banned it altogether. Yep. And this is what I saw, and it's an absolute inversion of what you would expect based off of the decisions that have been that have been made in in states like Louisiana, in states like Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia. Yep. You know the Bible Belt, the deep red you know, states. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, dot going well that these states are definitely going to rule abortion to be a hundred percent illegal. That is where abortions actually take place the most. (laughs) And then of course, on top of that, you want to add to that the fact that 82, 83 to 86% of the ones that are happening are happening on black bodies. And you know, I got twice the issue with it. Yep. Um, and it's, it's the simple fact that, and just, we're going to put that out there. Um, it's the simple fact that the main reason that a lot of them are committing them isn't because they want to, because nobody is that evil to say, Hey, I feel like I really want to go and kill my potentially unborn <laughs> child today. Yeah. That's a narrative that
0: people really buy. into. it's like, no one, no one introduces himself as, Hey, I'm on a border. Like that's, <laughs> that's not something that people are proud of. It's a horrible decision that women are faced with. And if given the option, they certainly wouldn't want to have to even consider it.
1: Yeah, don't even get me started on that. You know, what I'm saying that, You know, I, I think somebody said that. I think right before Obama was supposed to be elected president, they were talking about if he's elected, there's gonna be abortions on every street corner. Like people were just gonna right. throw it out in the open. Like, yeah, they were just think. just gonna be
0: vans all over the the country that you could just walk into, and it's like
1: no, no, it's absolute trash, man. But see, that's, but but that's my whole thing. If we're talking about putting our money where our mouth is. Um, these are also the, the government, and if I want to have a real conversation, the caste systems uh, that have sought to keep certain individuals at a certain level economically. Yep. Um, and let's just say that, you know, to keep them below the poverty line. And it leaves these individuals, these women, no matter what color they are, but especially these Black women right now, uh, with feeling like they have no other choice that they can make because they can't bring another life into this world because they feel like they don't have the wherewithal Um, resource-wise, finance-wise, to take care of it.
0: Yep. Let's also think about their worldview. If their life has been extremely difficult, the desire to bring a baby into this world, if all you've experienced is abandonment or heartache or poverty or abuse, whatever it might be, you're going to be, you almost feel like it, it might be the more caring option not to, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to put thoughts or words into what's going on there. But just, just give yourself a chance to look at it from another perspective. And again, Jordan and I both absolutely believe that abortion is an awful thing and we absolutely. wish we could eradicate it. But the bottom line is what Jordan's alluding to is that the best ways to eliminate it is to improve education. To improve wealth equality, to improve healthcare. Healthcare is a massive one because one of the stats you were talking about is that in states that have expanded and improved healthcare, regardless of their political lean, so even if they're a very pro-choice state, if their healthcare is improved and easier access and and just better for the common people, the abortion rates drop substantially compared to what legislation or law will
1: ever do. And you really can't tie that to anything biblical on top of that. So
0: no, you, you can't. It's just that that's the world that we live in. But sometimes you you do have to use knowledge. And knowledge is absolutely knowledge and wisdom are absolutely things that are biblical. And you only gain those things with discernment and with pursuing, <laughs> you know, truth and fact behind some of the things that are going on in the society.
1: Yeah, my my amazing anti-abortion people, shenanigans, Sheena <laughs> Niggins, y'all get the Petty Eddie uh, for this episode. And if you want to, please come for me because I'm a kind and gentle soul. But I'm kind of fed up with this one.
0: Yeah, and, and- do it do it in person because he he also is a uh, very kind and gentle look about him,
1: <laughs> especially right now. Yes, <laughs> just so kind, so gentle. I don't know, man. That's 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 my frustration in love. I'm not I'm not calling them nothing, but I'm calling them out though. Like we got to hold up a mirror, man. If you're really gonna be about this life, be about it. It's just it's the same thing we we're talking about with folk coming to BLM. Yeah, I don't have a problem with you coming. You can you can bash BLM all you want to. Really don't. But you can bash them all you want to if if you're doing something to meet or exceed the things that they're doing currently. right? And a lot of the people who are criticizing them and talking about how Marxists and communists and whatever <laughs> else they are, no matter how, I don't <laughs> care if they claim it. That's perfectly fine. You know what? I'm pretty sure Jesus probably hung out with a couple of Marxists and communists so he could convert them. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for that trash. If you are not doing something to meet or exceed the fact that they are trying to ensure that lives like mine and others that look like them yeah, have a right to the same life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Y'all talking about? Then you don't have anything to tell me, and we don't have time to have conversation because I'm busy out here trying to beat and exceed what they're doing in my community. Thank you very much. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Yeah, well, Petty Eddie. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I mean this was definitely the uh, <laughs> we we took a couple weeks off and we came back ready.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was, I'm, I'm still ready. I'm still, uh-huh. I don't, I don't need to be this ready. As a matter of fact, we probably need to, uh, do you have a white folk wonder? Cause yeah.
0: uh, you know, I, I was giving some thought to it and the one that, that kind of came to mind only because I've had this discussion and actually I think you and I have had this discussion at least via text with some other people. Uh, I, I guess what I'm wondering as a, as a white folk and it's actually bearing out because at first i thought well maybe that's not even true right when we're talking about polls and the numbers that people are thinking well maybe it's not even true that minorities hispanics blacks trump is actually going to get more of their votes turns oh, out boy. turns out it actually was yeah so so as a yeah. white as a white folk listen my people decided to vote f- less for him than they did four years ago, your people decided the opposite. Can you explain that to me, Jordan?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I don't want to. I okay. can. Um, you asked but for I, the you know, white folk wonder. <laughs> this is true. I know, and I, that's what I get. That um, is, yeah. I, you know, I, I can give you some of the Hispanic perspective, especially with Florida. Florida made all the sense in the world to me.
0: Well, the, the um, Cuban perspective is totally different.
1: Um, yeah, well, the Cuban, yeah, I've, the I've heard that in context, and, yeah. Yeah, and even a lot of the South American, um, you know, they didn't want to, to have to live life under another horde lord like they did wh- if, if they came from where they came from. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, they believe um, in this
0: false narrative of we're one step away from communism or one step away from socialism, socialism when yeah. there's like, you know, four people Members of Congress out of five hundred plus that actually lean that way, and one senator. Like, let's chill out. <laughs> We're not, yeah, and, not that and, close, people.
1: If we have the real and honest discussion, do I want communism? No. Do I want socialism? Uh, not necessarily. Although certain branches of it are biblical. Yep. Um, and people still want to struggle through that, but we've had that conversation already, so we can keep moving on. Yep. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this though, from the black perspective, and this this is something that is really not lost on me because I kind of saw this coming before. And to be honest with you, it, it's simply because of the the superficial or superficial relationships that Trump already had with certain African American individuals. Yep. Um, you know, and and I'm not even talking about the whole Ice Cube platinum package joint. You know, I'm not.
0: That was not, that was bipartisan.
1: Oh yeah, I know it was bipartisan, but you know. Yeah, he
0: got leveraged into people, you know, one side was saying that he was aligning with Trump and photoshopping MAGA hats on him and he was like, hold up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> So no, that's not, that's not actually what he said. I saw the tweet. He said something completely different, which was hilarious. It was
0: not for this podcast.
1: No, it was a reply to Don Jr. <laughs> it was. It's it, it said, please. And then it had another word in front of it. That yes. We don't need to say on this podcast. No. Um, <laughs> but no, you know, so, you know, I'm not even talking about him. It was funny because I had another friend who asked me about uh, representation and, and you, you know where I'm, you no, know, you may not know where I'm about to go with this. They sent me the picture that Trump took uh, the weekend before with, with Wayne. Yeah, Lil Wayne. Yeah, of course. And they were like, well, why do you feel about this, that, and the other? And when I saw it, I mean, I love Wayne. I don't. <laughs> I don't even like his rap, to be honest, but that's okay. I'm going to walk you through <laughs> exactly how this happened because I told her, I was like, Wayne is not a voice for the black community. <laughs> no, much, just like Kanye is not. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, because now I told her, I was like, look, if you want to talk about uh, Common, maybe, or or Goodie Mob, or, or Killer Mike, or, you know, uh, one of those individuals, and you want to say yeah. that they had a conversation with him and yeah. got some stuff, okay, then you might have my attention. Yeah, if pushers out here but,
0: talking to him, you know, but when you're telling me that, uh, you know, Jay-Z, who's a billionaire, like, these guys have some interest. Like, they need to, <laughs> they need yeah, to look out no, for themselves.
1: It, I mean, it's a totally different ballgame. And, it you is. know, for what it's worth, you know, Jay-Z came from from nothing. Sure. Wayne came from nothing. However... You know, time changes folk. And, you know, the beautiful part about it is I appreciate those who can acknowledge that. And JC's really good at acknowledging that. Like, if you listen to 444, that album is brilliant. But one of the reasons why it's brilliant is because he's comfortable in the new skin that he's in. And he lets you know that. Like, he literally takes an entire song to explain to people the power of investment. Think about it.
0: I mean, he just... He approached the world differently because... As successful as he was as a rapper, he parlayed that into being a business man. Yeah, uh exactly. where where Kendrick, it it don't matter how wealthy he gets, like that guy is not going to to give a damn.
1: <laughs> right? No, no really. Yeah, well, let's let's not have that conversation. Yeah. You know how I feel about him on that currently. Yeah. Or oh, even for example, like Eminem. Get them you know, because that has been years and yet he, he is still just pent up. Yep. Uh, bitter, pissed at at, at everything. It, it makes it makes no sense to me. But um I'll, anyway, all all that to say though, from from the black folk perspective in the black community, this what you're looking at when you look at a wheezy or when you look at um uh, a fifty cent or something like that. <laughs> you're looking at a, a well no, what you're looking at is you're looking at a a hip hop version of a Candace Owens in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah, and 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 so for what it's worth, I don't I don't put my value of of any sort um in in any of their words or any of their thought process or any of their ideologies. Uh again, if if we're talking about somebody for real, for real, and big shots to him, Lecrae. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I have more appreciation now for Lecrae than I've ever had. And that's on the heels of knowing. You know, I followed his story, I see how he lost a ridiculous amount of fans the minute that he spoke up on behalf of Trayvon Martin and continued to speak up on behalf of Michael Brown and all these other individuals. I'm like, well, you know, not just being a voice for the Black community, he is, he is a Christian voice. But I think I said this when I, when I did the, uh, the the Bible Study Freestyle. You know, I, I think I was talking about how uh, Jesus himself, you know, was was unfollowed by a whole bunch of people. Maybe <laughs> right. I didn't say it there. But, you know, he, I mean, he really was. And so, you know, I think that, no, I was talking about Martin Luther King. Let me correct myself. Um, you know, I was talking about how a lot of people call MLK, you know, Marxist and communist and all the other stuff. So if somebody's calling you that, I'm going to say you're in pretty good company. Well, I say the same thing about people who've been unfollowed or unfriended or all these other things because Jesus came out of an age of obscurity into an age of popularity. But then we all want to forget, with the exception of the cross, that he had this age of rejection.
0: People only now are looking at this communist slash Marxist history of MLK because now it's more of a threat to the lifestyle that they've grown accustomed to because it's really easy on Martin Luther King Day or on you know Black History Month to quote the cherry-picked little quotes that he says but when you read the expansive speeches that he's given or the entirety of the letters that he's written, you realize the context behind some of the things he said. And it's a lot more powerful and from yeah. a different point of view than just yeah. the little easy sound bites or easy quotes actually direct us yeah. toward.
1: My dad he, uh, had a compendium of all of... The uh, I think we talked about that when we had Goody on. Yeah, you know, He had a compendium of all the speeches, all the sermons, all right. the interviews, all the anything that MLK ever did. And if you read those things, like I said, my, my favorite joint was a, a thing he did in 63 or 63, 68, one of the two, uh, with Meet the Press, where he got grilled by a bunch of white dudes on, you know, why he did what he did. And they talked about how he was pretty much lawless asking him questions like, do you think it's worth it that you're going to jail? And he put it on, <laughs> he put everybody on blast. He's basically saying, the reason why I do that is because I know most people really ain't about that life. Right. You know, and then people like the John Lewis's and stuff to follow suit with him. Man, you know, I don't know, man. It just, I, I think about, because just to kind of stay on the White Folk Wonder topic, you know, I think about MLK. I think about how he was a genuine voice for the community. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I even yeah. think about all these other people, even Jesse Jackson, and and, and as crazy as it sounds, even Reverend Al Sharpton. The man's all over the place, but when it's time for him to represent <laughs> for his people, he represents for his people. It's, 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 it's so interesting to watch, man. Yeah. Um, just the dynamics of all of these different people to know that they weren't perfect people on top of that, you know, and just seeing how we're, if we're addressing community and if we're addressing, we're addressing the black community, um, to, to see that some of them, I'm not going to say have gone astray because at the end of the day, People are entitled to their opinion. That's fine. But to see some of them vote for for Trump, but really more importantly, to see the reason why they voted for Trump. And what most people have kind of relegated it to is just the fact that they, they see that, they see that lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, they see the audacity in him. <laughs> they see the bombastic nonsense. They see, yeah. honestly, they see like the Almost the the black version of Jesus and John Wayne,
0: uh-huh.
1: you know what I'm saying? And no, he's a white they,
0: collar thug.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then on top of that, I think it was Darius Daniels who said it. Um, it's just the fact that even uh, against the racism conversation, and of course he didn't touch the classism conversation, which of course is the the big piece with, with Weezy and, and Fifty, is the sexism conversation. Yeah, and the fact that you know. And, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's just in, in certain black dudes, there's a little bit of Access Hollywood in them. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. I really don't know how to pin that. Right. But I do know that, you know, for what it's worth, there was something <clears throat> that they saw in him. And for the most part, from what I am hearing and from what I understand, um, it has a lot to do with with, with the, the issue of nature of sexism and really trying to keep women in a certain place. And of course, you know, I'm double not cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't know how that, that kind of answers the question.
0: No, I, I think you're right there. And to me, what it boils down to, and this is a discussion when we talk about MLK or when we talk about 50 Cent, like regardless, I think where we kind of have to figure out where that dividing line is, because it's really easy to say that purpose is more important than profit or purpose is more important than power. Until you actually start to profit or until you actually start to gain power. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a lot more difficult. And people like John Lewis and people like MLK, they started gaining power. They may have not necessarily had profit at the levels that we're talking about with some of these celebrities, the rappers or you know whatever you may call it. But they certainly started to gain power and notoriety. But they didn't let that overtake their purpose. And yeah. a lot of the people that we're seeing kind of align with Trump, you know, especially Fifty Cent. I mean, Fifty Cent didn't even sugarcoat it. He's like, "Wait, they're going to tax me how much?" Oh, hell no! <laughs> like that's yeah, basically, well, he's basically saying yeah, remember, profit is fair, more important.
1: <laughs> yeah, to be fair, he 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 said that he didn't align with Trump in the end. It was more so a really yeah. really heavy joke. But yeah, that was, right. that, was that was a scary joke.
0: Though. But the thing is, is that if that's the, if that's what you hear and you don't hear the follow up. Then that that can certainly sway people because even though you know we kind of laugh and go, well, why would anyone listen to Fifty Cent? Well, I mean, people do. <laughs> you know, why would anybody listen to anybody?
1: But the fact is, people do. There's reasons it's why true. people listen. Very very true. But you know, for what it's worth, though, Fifty is a funny dude. Oh, he is. Oh, he's hilarious.
0: And you don't want to come at him because, good lord, it will come <laughs> back at you.
1: <laughs> yeah, something about <laughs> the money team it just always reminds me. <sighs> <laughs> Lord have mercy anyway now I think we need uh, I think that that, that puts a, a pretty little ball on this episode plus I'm in my bedroom and it's late and I'm pretty sure that my wife might want to go to sleep so yeah. it'd be a good idea to I know them them I down. want to I know I want to <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure anyway <laughs> ladies and gentlemen thank you once again for tuning in to the latest and greatest episode uh, please don't forget to like share subscribe download all those other things leave the algorithm love the five stars the the generous uh, uh, note. um, And if you, if you have an issue with this episode, uh, we love you still. Email Uh, Jordan. That's agape love. (laughs) Yeah, email. Just go ahead and email me. I I don't care. That's fine. And, uh, you know, coming down the pipe, there's a lot of different things. uh, And we're hoping that before we hit the the end of this and, and bring it to the Christmas season, uh, that the resolve is found in some of them. So we'll be praying for that. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, as always, please remember to be inspired to inspire because that is what the inspired one does. I am Jordan.
0: I am Devin.
1: And we will holler at the next time. And if we don't hear for or I um, don't if we don't whatever, I'm tired. Um, happy Thanksgiving, <laughs> just in case. Yes. There you go. Yeah, that's good. And, and also wash those hands.
0: And wear that mask. Especially and wear that mask. My kids gotta stay home again. Come on, people, help me out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that face shield, and and that hazmat suit, <laughs> and all, all those things. Just 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 put them to the freak on right now, man. Come on, let's go. Anyway, <sighs> well, did you appreciate that? I did. Thank okay, you. Good. Good. Then that works. All right, let's all go to bed. Uh, Well, I'll let y'all later, people. Be safe. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. is a production of Inspired One Enterprises. Engineering by Devin Chandler. Editing and production, Jordan Brown. Marketing and media, Justice Swango. Thanks again for listening to the latest and greatest episode. Please don't forget to follow us on FB, Inspired One Enterprises, on Insta at I underscore the number two underscore I podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Leave five stars and a generous review because you love us and want us to be successful as we do you. Thank you once again for rocking with us. And remember, be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does.